0: And that all our desire is just more of Him. Amen. I just want to invite you to, uh, a stand till we go to the scripture. Thank you for the musician. And thank you, uh, Victoria, for the song. I think that's, uh, described that our whole desire for the Lord. It's just more of Him. You know, sometimes we don't come to the Lord to just, uh, pray for a specific, uh, something that is, uh, big that we're requiring. But sometimes we just have a, Run out of word to say, but only come to the Lord and say, "Lord, I just want a more off you." Amen. And you know, actually, that's the most uh, uh, important thing that we should ever uh, pray to God. Amen. Lord, I just want to have a more off you, because He has a more want to give it to us. Amen. And if we have that desire, and I believe God is going to meet our desire. And let's go to First um, Corinthians, chapter four. Verse 1. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing. That I should be judged of you, or of man's judgment; yea, I judge not my own self, for I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsel of the hearts. And then shall every man have a praise of God. May the Lord bless this word. I wonder if we can just borrow it ahead. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we sing the song, and we sing the special, and we pray it, and we take an offering as a part of the worship. But now, Lord, we come to worship your word, because we know that you dwell in your word, and you are the word. And you reveal your word in this hour to us. That's why, Lord, we are never going to be taking take it easy or take it for granted that coming before you. But with the most sincere heart, we approach the throne of mercy again. Because we know that the blood of Jesus Christ and is still on the mercy seat. Lord, are you still that forgive sin? Lord, are you still that deliver people? Lord, you still heal the sick? Lord, are you still that release the burden? Lord, are you still in the history re- releasing power that in this age that full of distress, that full of pressure. But Lord, how we can find an escape city, that, that refuge city that's in you. Because you are it is all our desire. You are all the power. You are the resource of all the power. You are everything to us lord we don't have anything benefit that beside you you are the only one that our heart is yearning for and you are the only one that our face that it goes toward Amen. father we thank you lord you meet to the need of the people let your spirit come to minister every need lord remember that a uh, brother a uh, whole that in china that uh, has a uh, lord uh, how i know this brother 70 years old or ride on a motorcycle and put a speaker on his motorcycle go to villages and preach the gospel the house satan want to take his life away but lord we're upholding him before you, that in know, that you are not only that he carried the gospel, but Lord, you are also carried in him. Lord, when he goes through these trials, when he was God His accident, that is nothing but the trick of the devil. But Lord, as we have a faith, Lord, we behold our brothers before the throne of mercy, that a healing power is dropping in, Lord. Let's have totally healed our brother, not even just healed him, but to give a strength to him, so that he can ride on a motorcycle again that he go to those villages and bring this wonderful message to the hungry soul satan you have no power in the men's of god satan i rebuke you in the name of jesus christ lord even at this moment that a holy presence of a god go into the room and at a hospital to raise our brother up we thank you lord though we believe you Lord, there's nothing impossible for you. By faith, we believe it is all things are possible to them that believe to you. Father, we give you all the thanks. We give you all the glory, Lord. We're not pray just for prayer, Lord. We pray because we believe. We pray because we have an experience to you, Lord. Even that is a moment, even before the service has started, Lord, before the word has preached, Lord, that a need to be met, Lord. You know that each heart, you know the burden of the people, Lord. You know the situation that seems impossible for men, but there's nothing impossible for you. So in the name of Jesus Christ that we believe the situation is not going to be met but is already met oh god turn this service into a special service not because of us not because of the me, but because of your presence is here lord we give you all the glory. Lord, we don't have to be pumping it up. We don't have to be going through the ritual or the ceremony, but even that it's a moment without a music, without a singing, but just with a sincere heart, with a desire to you, then we believe that the work is already done. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and you may be seated. I almost feel we should have dis- dismissed the service to go home and rejoice. <laughs> how we know it, our God is truth. Amen. You know, that's why how we appreciate the words that we heard. Appreciate the messenger that God has sent it to us. Amen. And every day when we open up the message book or listen to a to a tape. Uh, uh, it's not a tape anymore, but whatever form and that it come. It's something just a thrilled in our heart. It's not sort of just a doctrine. It's not some books of, on the shelf, but in the heart so that we know God hasn't become a personal to us. Amen. And He's become a dear to our heart. Yes. You know, as you're getting older, it seems like you're getting closer. Amen. And when you experience this more, and it seems like you want Him more just than ever. And if the Lord willing, I'm going to take the, the rest of the, a moment and speak a subject, the steward of that absolute. And if we just read to the, uh, we just read to the, the scripture and to the Paul said that, that a man so account of us as of the ministers of a Christ and the stewards of the mysteries of God. And the scriptures from, uh, uh, chapter four, uh, one to five. Um, if I have any, uh, favorite scripture, though we know that every scripture is our favorite, but this scripture it seems like it's stuck, uh, stuck it out to me, and, um, uh, very often. And many times I use this scripture, you know, there's people they ask, um, the question, uh, said, you know, Brother Murphy. Do you know this situation? Do you know uh, that situation? Uh, do you know these people that uh, speak this about you, or they speaking about the mystery, Are they speaking about different things? And I always quote this scripture to them. And he said, he um, said, "Moreover, it is required in stewards that man be found faithful." And he said, "But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you." Of a man's judgment, he said, yea, I judge not my own self. Just leave the judgment to God. Whatever that's that the God is going to judgment, that judgment is going to be settled. No matter what is a man try to say, or oh, this person say this, or that person say that, those is not your judgment. In another word, those things is not the last word. Those words is not the absolute. Because if it is the absolute, the absolute is the last word. That means when this person says certain things, no more words can be added. No more words can be taken away. So that as a go before the Lord, whatever things that we do, that the judgment of God becomes our last word. Let the word of God become our last absolute. And no matter what the situations rise up, what a different people that say certain things, His word should be the last word. And then, and I was uh, telling, uh, you know, the different the brothers when we sit this and I always uh, quoted this. And then I was, uh, one day I was just uh, looking it into more uh, about this word. And uh, it talking about the steward of the mystery of God. And God counted us as the stewards. And the stewards is not only just for the minister. I don't want to just keep it as like, you know, you know that a minister, they're the stewards of the mysteries. I want to bring you into the circle too, that you are the stewards of the mystery of God. Every one of us, that we are the stewards of the mystery of God. So if the Lord will, I'm not going to go to, uh, go on this, uh, this land. And the word said that we're the stewards of a mystery of God. And when this is a mystery, if the mystery is not revealed, then a mystery is not a absolute, because it was uh, only when the mystery was revealed, then what is the supernatural element that in that mystery become a personal to you, and become open to you, unveiled to you, and then that you take it by faith, then they become a your absolute. Amen. Without, if just have the mystery, the Bibles are full of mystery. And one of the people, they have it as a mystery for hundreds of the thousands of the years. And it's laid in the Bible. But only when the Holy Spirit reveals the word to us, then the mystery is not a mystery anymore. It's not you just possess the mystery. I believe it is a mystery of a God. I believe in every word of a God. But a mystery of the Bible, the mystery of the word, it has to be revealed to you. And when it's revealed, when you're convinced that this is the absolute truth, then that'll become your last word. No matter what situation come, you always back yourself to the last word. You always back yourself to the absolute that'll make it personal to you. And when you have to the absolute, then there's nothing is going to shake you. It's, not, it's nothing going to move you because that become your last word. That'll become the things that you hang your... You hinge your whole soul on it. And in the book of uh, Gospel Matthew, and when the Simon Peter and the disciples they come before Jesus, and Jesus asked them, said, Who do they say the son of a man is? And some say that you are Elijah, and some say you are the uh, the prophet, or the Jeremiah, or Isaiah, or whoever that is. And then Jesus asked them, Who do you say that I am? And then Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon and Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he said, "I will give unto thee the key keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whosoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven." God, Christ never gave the key before the mystery of Christ revealed. He gave the key to Peter when the mystery of Christ was revealed to him, to him, to Peter specifically. To the individual, it has to be when a mystery of a Christ revealed to that person, then the key give it to Peter. And it's the same thing. It has to be the Christ revealed himself personally to us. Then you can bind on earth, it's like a bind in heaven. Then you can release on earth, it will be released in heaven. Why? Because you become a steward of the the mystery that is revealed. It's not just a mystery. It's not just follow. It's not just, I believe the word said. I believe the the Bible is truth. I believe the message is right. It has to be the Christ make a personal to individual. And then there's nothing is going to to move that person. If in a simple word that we say, the person must be born again. It must be not a born just in the church. It must not be born just by a said a born into the believer's family, but it must be the born from above. Then that a Christ coming down made himself become a personal to that a person. Before the mysteries were revealed, the key of heaven cannot give it to Peter. But as soon as it, uh, you, God revealed himself to Peter, then the Lord said, "Your name is Peter, son of uh, Simon Berga, He said flesh and blood and not revealed to you, but my Father in heaven revealed to you. Then he has the confidence and that's to Peter. Though Peter might not have a confidence to himself. and sure his, the disciples or fellow disciples doesn't have a confidence to Peter either, but God himself, Christ, Give the key of heaven to Peter. Because his confidence, his convince, or his God is a face, is not on a Peter, the person. But he said, my father has revealed this to you. Gate of hell cannot, the, the gate of hell cannot prevail against this revelation. Your body might say things that against it. Your emotion might say things that against it. And your reasoning might say things that against it. But that revelation is true. When Christ revealed it to you, it's not just some somebody else, some somebody else saying it. It's not just that you learn it. But when God Himself revealed to that person, then you possessed the absolute that is in you. And that's what Peter has possessed. And for himself, that even the later on, then we find Peter even denied the, uh, that he know Jesus. Then his one, his one, uh, he went under the pressure. Then it's coming to the point that he even denied that Christ, Then he was, uh, even the, uh, the Bible said he, he cursed. That he said, I don't know him. I don't know nothing about him. But you see christ can never curse him christ can never leave him he can never reject peter the old peter himself is coming to the time of a difficulty even denied he un- he know that jesus christ but the christ the revelation well uh, who god had it to them those days th- those christ cannot reject this peter no matter what things that he went through But when God give it a gift, give it to Peter, the kid of heaven, he can never take it back. When God give it a revelation to you, he cannot take it back. When Christ give himself to you, that he cannot take himself out of you. Because he becomes an absolute to you. You may be denied. You may be going through the rough time. You may be going through the trials that you yourself don't even lost to the direction. But God cannot forsake you. And if you know that the Bible, even Peter that went through that, that he denied Christ. But when, when Jesus Christ was resurrected, that he told those disciples and to go to meet him in Galilee. And Christ also said, but go your way, that tells the disciple and Peter. Then he has to put Peter that into those group. But again, Peter probably already thought, You know, am I still the predestinated seed? Am I still the disciples? And he probably check his belt. Where's the key of heaven? Where's the absolute that I have? I've been do this, I've been do that. And Judah probably more heroic is that to go hang himself on the tree. But Peter didn't do that. And probably the people that beside him said, Why don't you just do as the Judah did? Judah betrayed Jesus. You denied Jesus. You have nothing better just than Judah. Maybe you just do oh, like what Judas did. But you see, Lord cannot reject rejected him. Christ cannot deny that uh, the revelation that he gave it to Peter. That even so is to tell his disciple and Peter. Just in case Peter build up a complex that he has to put Peter that into that group. Just in case that you might be thinking about, Lord, I might have predestinated seed. When a person that is going through the rough time, you're under the pressure, they tend to become weaker. And then they tend to do the things normally they wouldn't do. And then if a person does not be careful, they start to doubt it that they calling. They start to adulting that God said, Lord, I might have predestinated seed. Lord, I am the one that I really, that I consider that can go into the rapture. You don't have to doubt it a bit. God gave you the word in this hour that he revealed himself to you. Pressure means nothing. That is not an absolute. You stumbled. That is not an absolute. The absolute is the word of God. He revealed to you personally. Then you hand yourself on that absolute, no matter what situation you go through, no matter who said what, even yourself deny it, but God cannot deny His calling. Jesus has to tell the disciple and, and Peter, He will never deny His calling. Whatever he called you, he was not going to take it back. Thinking about it when you walk into this church, and you walk into you sit on the pew, that you've been listening to the word of God, word by word. You hang yourself on the word of a God, and then the word of God taking hold of your heart, and then you give your heart to the Lord. You come before the altar, you come before the altar. You said, Lord, I repented before you. Who can deny that experience? That experience is God makes that disperse to you. God talks to your heart. God has converted you. If he has done that, how can he deny his calling to you? It's impossible for God to do that. It's not depending on our faithfulness, but it's depending on his faithfulness. When God is give it us the word to you, and it will require you to be a steward. What is the required of steward? Is only required a steward one thing. It's that a more it is required in steward than a man be found faithful. And we can find that God sent a steward to this age. And he's a faithful steward. Money cannot abide him. And it tears out a check for a million dollars into half. And without taking it. Why? Because he's faithful, he faithful to the calling. He's not disobeying the heavenly vision. Because he's a steward. And a denomination cannot have deferred him out of way. Denomination, they tried to buy them. And they tried to say, you know, Brother, Brother Brandon, your message should go to the upper and upper class. You know, you should go to those, uh, high-end place, uh, to preach the gospel to them. But what is the prophet said? And it, then he was just listening to that. And then a the person said, you know, if you can just compromise a little bit. And the prophet said, like what? And it said, you know, for example, just like the baptism, you know, for example, just like the Godhead, but God required a steward of the mystery. Then the steward must be faithful. Whatever God entrusted into you, that is not just for you to enjoy it, but you is followed with responsibility. The responsibility is whatever he give it to the steward to keep, you must be faithful, not to the person, not to the this and that, not to the things besides your calling, but be faithful to the calling that he give it to you personally. If we require you to be a minister, then a, a, the a responsibility is to uncompromisingly preach the gospel. If it require a man just to be a worker, then it require you to be faithfully and in your post of the duty, and then to come before the and come to the church, sit at your place and to do your offering, pay your tithes, and do everything that you can to support the work of God. If God is calling you to be a steward at home, and like a woman, like our sister as a bee, then you be faithful to your calling. Don't have to go out of your place. Just be faithful. No matter how simple that seems like. No matter how boring that seems like. But when you're faithful, that's the only thing God requires you to do. It's those faithful servants. When God come, and then He will say, you faithful servant, come into to enjoy it with your master. And then a the pro- God called us a steward. It's faithful steward into this age, and then he said, uh, "You know, if you can just compromise a little bit on the on the Godhead or this the uh, serpent seed and different things, but you cannot require a steward of God, of God to compromise." Right. And then he's a, uh, and uh, while well, he was uh, saying that, he was uh, saying, you know, he was surprised that. Uh, that are not servants of God, and they ask the servant of God to compromise on God's word. That he, We can see that he is a faithful servant, faithful steward, that it to an end. And in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, it said, In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sing, the mystery of a God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophet. God is a faithful God. He's faithful to His Word. And what is a faithful to you? He gives His Word to it as a prophet because He can entrust to Him. Because the prophet is the faithful steward that can faithfully carry out the Word of a God. And when He had a faithful steward and he, the, the steward has faithfully Bring the word to the age, to the people. Then the Lord required us to be a faithful steward. Then in the same Revelation chapter 10 and 9, it said, And I went unto an angel, and then the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me, It again said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of an angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And then the Bible continued on and said, I went unto an angel and said unto him, give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up and he shall make thy belly bitter, but he shall be in thy mouth sweet as a honey. He required us to be a faithful steward. That caused, that had a responsibility that we need to follow. What is our responsibility? When God sent a steward that is a prophet in this age and that he preached the word to us, he asked us when a word, when a mystery was revealed and he asked us to do one thing, to take the book and eat it up and he shall make our belly beater. It's not just uh, chewing on it. You know, a lot of people, when they heard to the word, all they do is just a chewing on it. He asked her to take it and eat it up. And also swallow down. Because only when the Word come into your belly, then it started working. Just by chewing on the Word, is not going to give you any benefit. It's just chewing on the food. If you got a steak, anybody like steak? Nobody like Chinese food, I know for sure. If you like a steak... They serve you a good steak, New York T-bone or whatever that is. And I was just thinking about, even right now, I'm thinking about one time. That's the first time I go to an America. I just came into Canada, went to an America, into, went, uh, they, uh, went to into Kentucky, and uh, they, uh, you know, they talk the language I don't understand, and then they uh, they, they serve the food I don't understand. They give me a they said, do you like steak? I said, sure, I want it. And then they gave me a steak. That steak is about this thick. About this much. I was thinking, Lord, I don't want a cow. I just want a steak. <laughs> and that person gave me the whole steak a pound on my plate. I'm thinking about how am I going to eat this thing? And because I just came in from China, never get used to this so much meat. for our dish... We just put a little bit of meat to uh, uh, stir fry it with the vegetable. That's our uh, that's our meal. I'm thinking about I need a prayer to really eat this steak. So I started cutting the, I started eating, I started eating, and the finally the, the brother noticed I was just chewing on it. I cannot swallow it because it's just too much for me. And he was a white man. He said, "Come on, eat." He said, "It's great." I said, "Yeah, it's good, but I just can't swallow it." You know, for some people, you find that they're listening, they're listening, they're listening, but it doesn't take effect on them. Why it doesn't take effect on them? Because they're just chewing on the Word. But they need to swallow the Word. So take it down. No matter you like it or you don't like it, you have a possession of something in you, you could digest the Word. Because you are the predestinated seed of God. If you're not in the predestined seed of a God, God don't even give you the Word. When He gives you the Word, if you take it by faith, believe it, and that, that faith will digest the Word. If you don't just chew on it, but as soon as, the Bible said, as soon as uh, I had eaten it, it said my belly, my belly was a uh, bitter. It's when you by faith receive the Word. You become a steward of it. And then when you become a steward of it, then the word started taking effect in the person. It's like John said, He's going to eat it up. The, the angel said to John, Take it, eat it up, and he shall make the belly bitter. When the word that you received it by faith, he will make your belly bitter. It will bring trial. It will bring difficulty. It won't bring the, some bitter cup that in your life. But it's those things with trial, those difficulty, those situations that you're going through. It's those things make your life manifest to Jesus Christ. Amen. Then when you eat the word, you take it and eat it up and then it will work on you. Then it will start transforming you. And it started to, in your heart, start to stir you up. Then when you eat to the Word, then you become the steward of that mystery. Amen. It's not just a mystery anymore, but it becomes a revealed mystery that's in you. Steward. This word that means the manager or household or of a household affair. Let's talk about a manager, superintendent. And uh, he said, To whom the head of the house or proprietor has uh, instru- inst- entrusted the management of his affair, the care of a receipt and expenditure, and the duty of a dealing out the proper portion to every servant and even to the children not yet of age. I was thinking about what a steward that God give it to us in this age. And He's dealing out of the proper portion. He's given us the proper portion. He knows who can receive what. He knows I can't take a whole pile of a big steak. Milko could do. I couldn't. He gave it according to your spiritual appetite. He know there's a little lamb. Sorry, Brother Milko. He know there's a little lamb. He know there's a sheep. He know somebody can take more. He know somebody can take less. He know he, when the trials is coming on you, you can take more. Because there's a more experience to come out of them now. He wouldn't let you go through that the things you cannot take. Care he wouldn't let you take, He wouldn't let you go through the trial that if you failed in that. He wouldn't let you go through the sickness that you cannot handle. <laughs> he wouldn't let you go through the a uh, the, the, like the drying time that you cannot handle. Everything that He gave it to you is, has been measured by God Himself. Amen. That is a steward. He gave it the proper portion that is to every servant. Even the minister, they have a different portion. Some, they preached, it was a, I won't say there's a higher revelation. I've just said to some that God had called them, that give them the more that they can handle to the people. But some, they just give them a little bit. And if the God gave me just a little bit, well, I said, Lord, let me be faithful servant. Just do whatever that you call me to do. No matter if it's a small servant or big servant, we're all gonna meet in the rapture. We're all going to see Jesus Christ face to face. And then apply to the same thing to us. No matter what position that God puts you in the church, we're all going to meet in the rapture if we're faithfully to the calling of God. And this this steward, and he's given a proper portion. I was thinking about how faithful this steward is. He never compromised on any word of God. And he always give it a proper portion to the people that in this, that was predestinated to receive the word in this hour. He gave it a proper portion, not just the Jesus Christ used to be, but he gave it a proper portion that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Just that one scripture, how true that is, how powerful that is. In that one scripture, it lays our healing. Because He's not only just healed us yesterday, He healed us today. If He healed us today, He will heal us tomorrow. He will heal us next year. He will heal us whenever that serpent pop off his head. In that one scripture, He lists our deliverance. If He delivered us before, He can deliver us today. And He can deliver us until every And in that scripture, and it lays all the release of our pressure. If he can release the pressure before, how he met me before, then he can release the pressure today. No matter how distressed you are, no matter how pressure, they're coming from all different angles, seem like a flood towards you, how he did it yesterday, he will do it today. This steward, faithful steward, Dealing out the proper, or distributed, the proper portion to every servant and to the children not yet of age. He doesn't, the steward is not this, the steward of this age is not just to give us the doctrine. It's not just to give us some creed, but he give Christ to us. Christ is the proper portion. And it's not a Christ of a yesterday. But it's the Christ of today and forever. And it's the Christ that He said, I am your satisfaction. I am your portion. If you lay yourself on me, put your face on me, I can satisfy you. And that Christ, living in the person who believed His word. When they live in you, then you become a steward. Then be faithful to it. When you become a steward, then you you possess the Christ, the Holy Spirit. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 18, it said, For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. The prophet never distributed anything else. It's not a distributing, just a teaching. It's not a just a distributing. You can go to just go to the church, but it's distributing the spirit of a God to us, which is a Christ. Do you realize that that a one? The Bible said we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. The spirit that is in Christ is the same spirit that is in you. It's only having a difference of the quantity, but there's no difference in quality. It's the same spirit that in Christ can heal. It's the same spirit that in you can heal. It's the same spirit that in Christ can forgive, and that is the same spirit in you can forgive. It's the same spirit that raised him up from the dead, and it was the same spirit that will raise you up from the dead. That same spirit that lifted him up to ascension. And that it will be the same spirit living in you. And in that you go into the rapture. Amen. Then I think about Brother Milko's testimony. I just want to share it a little bit here. You probably heard, many people probably hear the Brother Milko's testimony. I think the one time he brought to a whole suitcase of the tapes. And it goes through to the border in the former Yugoslavia. And, uh, that, he was going across, uh, across the custom at that time, it's still in the communist regime, I think. And, uh, he was a brother's uh, tape and the cross to the border. And then, uh, when it opened up, and, uh, the, the guard who was uh, in the custom looked at it, it was uh, full of tape in a suitcase, and then closing it up, let him go. And then later, I think you ask him, or oh, whoever, I forgot exactly the story where it goes, this, he said that the, the, the guard that, uh, asked what he said. He said he only saw the clothes is there. Yes. The only shirts in there. Amen. God can blind the person's eye. It's that same spirit that helped blind the people in the Elisha's time. It's that the same spirit that blinds those people. It's the same spirit that in Jesus Christ the one they take him out to the cliff and try to push him off, and Jesus just turn around and just walks through them. The same spirit that's still living today. And just to, uh, just uh, just share a little testimony just two days ago. And, uh, one of our sister, the Chinese sister that are going back to China. And I always ask them to take some Bible for us. So I asked her, this a sister, well I might as well just say her name, Sister Mary. And, uh, I asked uh, her to uh, help us to take some Bibles, uh, over. Because uh, the people, is uh, neat there, but they don't have it. So then I asked Sister Mary to take them. Then she uh, took a whole box uh, of the Bible and uh, put it in her suitcase. And then she uh, put her uh, little suitcases to carry on. And then when she went through the Vancouver airport here, and then she's going through the custom and everything, that before she get on the airplane, and then a steward, is that called a steward? Attendant or something? They are not good steward. And that steward, and they look at our suitcase said, "I'm gonna, we gonna measure your suitcase." They never did that in that airline, but it just show how you how devil, devil also know things. And then they ask we "We gonna uh, measure your suitcase?" So they put a suitcase in. "No, notice is overweight. You can't take this suitcase uh, uh, out on the airplane. You have to either discard it or put it in the uh, storage in here, and then when you come back, you can take it." At all you have to pay two, almost $200 just to bring that suitcase on. Oh, she doesn't have the money. She cannot do that. Then she don't know what to do. Then she called me. She said, "Brother Murphy, she said, I'm, I'm in trouble here. He said, the steward doesn't want me to get on the airplane. And, uh, he said, I put all my Bibles in that suitcase. She said, do you want a sister Tracy to ask her to take her back or said, I said, no. I said, I said, Mary, you know, this is a Satan. That airline never do that before. And this is the only time it's a Chinese airline. I said, a devil, whatever that we want to do something for God, and devil is behind there to watch that too. And the devil also knows things, what is in that suitcase. But I said in my heart, I said, Lord, but you know better than Satan did. But Satan have a power, but God has a more power than Satan. Why don't glorify Satan's power instead of glorify the power of a God? That I told Mary, I said to Mary, I said, don't worry about it. I said, you pray. I said, oh, Uncle Murphy, I'm gonna pray for you too. So I hang up the phone. That way, I get on my knee. I started pray. I said, Lord, I know this is Satan, Lord, because we have to. This is this is nothing. Do things for selfishly. This is not what we're doing so far. We're personally, Lord, we're handling your word. We're handling the power that lays in the Bible. That are the people that need. We're giving the, the people to one soul might be reading the, the Bible. Then it'll go into the eternal life. Lord, and that's what we're doing. So I said to Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they take your hand out of that suitcase. And then Lord, let her find favor in some people. Then bring this the Bible to the, to the airplane. And bring the, the Bible to the people that is hungry and thirsty about your word. And it was in about three minutes. And then the phone ring. And Mary said, praise the Lord. He said, there's one gentleman Then I that asked me. He said, I'll help you to take this Bible. So then they take it in the Bible, put that in the gentleman's suitcase. Then the suitcase is brought to China. Now the Bible is in China and already in the believer's hand. God, the same Spirit that before, that's the same Spirit today. We're doing it exactly what is the Spirit of a God in book of Acts that was doing 2,000 years ago. And we're doing the same thing. By what? Not by the person. Not by man power. But by the Spirit of a God. That Spirit of a God can do this? That Spirit of God can do anything that is nothing that is impossible for Him and remember, you are the steward of the mystery of a God revealed in you. You possess that absolute. Even a certain situation rise up that you have a perfect right to come before God. Say, Lord, I done all I could. Then turn our head toward Satan and said, Satan, leave your head out of God's property. That's the same spirit we have an access. That unto the Father. Then the Bible in the book of Ephesians 2, 19 It says now therefore. Ye are no more stranger and foreigners. But fellow citizens With the sense. And of the household of God. The faithful steward. Has the distributing the proper portion. Which is the Christ to us. And never distribute anything else. He distributed the proper, proper portion, which is the Christ, the Word, the bleeding bloody Word in this hour. By receiving the proper portion, then you become a steward. You are not a stranger and a foreigner. If it is a stranger, they don't know. They don't know the home, and the owner doesn't know him. If it is a foreigner, you will never take this as your home. But you are not a stranger and foreigner. But he said, you are a fellow citizen with the saints. Yes. Fellow citizen, that means a native of the same town. That means we all come from the same town. Do you know Paul coming from the same town with you? Do you know Peter coming from a native town just like you? Do you know Brother We're coming from the same native town, just from you? Yes. Why? We all come from the source of God. Yes. We're the attributes. This is only clothes. Yes. Your clothes might be white, your clothes might be yellow, your clothes might be black, but inside of the inside, we're coming from the same town. Yes. We're fellow citizens yes. with the sense. Yes. We're not fellow citizens with America. We're not fellow citizens with the Canadian. We're not fellow citizen with the Congolese. We're not fellow citizen with the Chinese. We're fellow citizens with no sense. We're coming from the same native town. And we consider it as a household of God. You are His property. Christ is the proper portion. You are also the proper portion of that proper portion. We're the same household as the God. Amen. We're the same household that with God. Amen. You're coming from the same place. Amen. Amen. There is nothing small in God's household. There's nothing insignificant in God's household. Everything in God's household that's a holy, that's a pure, that's a valuable. That is the blood bought by Christ. And then the Bible continues to say, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Right. The apostles and the prophets are the foundation. Amen. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Amen. He is the proper for- portion Amen. that he gave it to us. Amen. He is the only one. That can held up the whole structure. Amen. Without him, the structure is going to be falling apart. Without a Christ in your life, you'll be crumbling. Without him becoming a person though to you, without having the born-again experience that a born from above, no matter how how high that you can build, one day it's going to be crumbling. Because he is the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building Fitly framed together. Everything. Everybody. We all fit together. You know there is a not. Not a one person. That in the body of Jesus Christ. Is. Um, I, uh, is uh, out of um, order. Or outfit. No it's not outfit. Misfit. Thank you, Michael. There is nothing that in the body of Jesus Christ is a misfit. You know, something, you know, that was so weird, that person doing that. Do you know there's a no weirdness in God's thoughts? There's no matter how misfitting you seem to like, but God put that person in there. No matter how agitating you seem like that, a personality is, but God put that in there. No matter how you don't like that person, the way he was addressed, <laughs> I'm not talking about unholy dress. I'm just talking about they're just not an end. <laughs> but no matter how weird he seems to like, no matter how misfitting you seem to like, but they're still coming from the same native town, just like you coming from. Some people might saying certain things, you said why he said that. There's a no misfeeding in the body of Jesus Christ. If God put it here, your mouth watches take it, to the Lord, you put it in here, I'm gonna enjoy that. Lord, just make me fit in with the body of Jesus Christ, no matter how weird it look from the outside, but let me fit in just according to your word. If everyone can focus their focus just on the word of God, on the absolute that we have, become a steward of it, And then the whole body is going to be functionally like a lubricated machine and they're going forward. God needs a steward to be faithful. God doesn't need a salesperson. God needs a faithful steward. Steward is not a salesman. You never hire a salesman become your steward. You will be you will be in trouble. He will sell everything that you have. You want to have a steward be faithful, even behind the sin, managing everything, organize everything, distribute in proportion. Let salesmen do sales job. We are the steward of God. The Baptist has a salesman, the Methodists have a salesman, the Pentecost have a salesman, but a message only have a steward. God does not to ask you to be a salesman. God asks you to be a steward of a life of Jesus Christ. And live the life of Jesus Christ as a billboard. Let Jesus Christ put Himself on display. Whatever He wrote it on there, you become a steward. Let Himself sell His own products. God will sell His own self. You don't need to be self, you just managing what he give it to you. He asks us to be faithful. The steward that God gives to this age, if I call him the chief steward, that he has been faithful, he's not disobeying the vision that God has sent it to him. It's the vision said to him when he was on the river of Ohio, then it says, then the voice is said, just as John the Baptist forerun the first coming of the Lord, and your message will forerun the second coming of the Lord. He has been faithfully distributing this proper portion. Yes, and what we have is not just a mystery, but it's a revealed mystery. Then that's become absolute. And before it's a mystery. How can God be one God? He has three. That it's an office. It's, uh, it's three offices. How can the here said to baptize in the name of Jesus Christ? And the other part is said to baptize. That in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That, that used to be a mystery. But it's not a mystery anymore. And it used to be. How can a person. And speaking in the town. And that a person can. Uh, you know be so uh, religious. But yet. And live a life so contrary. To what he said. But that's the false anointed one. All these mysteries, there used to be a mystery, but now has been revealed. Revealed it to what? Revealed it to you, so that you can become a steward of the revealed mystery. And then, then you become a convinced, then if you are convinced, then you become a steward, then this is the word of God, then you'll be faithful to what you have heard. How to know that a person has really has an absolute? You see how the life that he lived. That will prove if this person has received an absolute. And when that's a steward, the prophet of this age, when he received the word, which is his absolute, is faithful to what God has called him to do. And then when he was a faithful, in everything that he do is not disobeying the vision that the Lord had given to him. What is the faithful? Faithful that means easily persuaded, believing, confiding, trusting in a new test in a new testament one who trusts in God's promises, is convinced that Jesus has been raised from the dead. One who has become convinced that Jesus is the Messiah and author. Of salvation. Right. That means faithful. Faithful is the person that is convinced. Amen. Amen. Faithful is that a person fully persuaded. That this is to be the truth. Yes. You find out that the people is not faithful. Because they are not fully convinced. Right. Amen. They might be convinced temporarily. They might be convinced that just uh, in a certain um, that, uh, emotion or situation. But that person is not fully convinced. A person who is fully convinced, that they, a person that is fully convinced, that is the person who received the word and led to the word and keep yielding to that word, and that, that word manifests himself through that person. And that person is fully convinced, because if you're not fully convinced that you can't just take it down. It's like you're not convinced that what you're eating is to be the truth. You won't swallow it. Because it will come up. You will throw it up. But if you're convinced, if this is the truth, and this is the right, the Word of the, of God in this hour, then you're fully convinced, then it become your absolute. Amen. Then you can become uh, faithful to it. Amen. But the said, and here him. And He said, If we'll just do as this little text bade us to do, hear ye Him, there will not be one disappointed person in this building tonight. Just hear ye Him. Whatever He says do, you do it. And then, if you're sick, hear ye Him. When you're sick, it's not a hear ye the doctor. It's not a hear ye the medication. It's hear ye the Him. Doctor can do what he can do. Medication can do what he can do. And you be, you be, if I ask you to do certain things, you're faithfully taking it. But only the doctor can only take you to a certain distance. He cannot take you any longer. Then what you do? Then you need to hear ye him. When he said I'm healed, then I'm healed. That is my absolute. He said if you are sinful, hear ye him. You don't need me to tell you you're sinful. You yourself know you're sinful. You yourself know that the things that you do are sacred. You yourself know that it, do you do things according to the word of God or not. And if you're a sinful, you haven't given your heart to the Lord. You don't need me to tell you, you need to do this, you need to do that. What you, all you need to do, hear ye Him. Let a word become your absolute. Go in there, Lord, I want to believe you, but something got a hold of me, won't let me lose. But Lord, I know your word has a deliverer in there. You watch if the word will deliver you or not. A person is not faithful, not stable, is because they're not convinced yet. If they're fully convinced that this is the truth, the truth will set you free. If you need something, hear ye him. He has all that you have a need of in this journey. He has it for you waiting to give it to you. The price is already paid. There's no price to pay for it. Just hear him. Listen to him what he has to say. God must give us the absolute, fully convinced and fully vindicated so that we could hear him and for that absolute before it had come that absolute before it come then the lord will need to take down all these structures that will we have and he asked is like a brother bram said in the, one time he a uh, visited his friend and he was not a baptized doesn't believe what a brother bram said and then the uh, brother bram would take him home and then he uh, uh, eat some cornbread, and drink some of butter milk and then they went to sleep. And that that man dreamed a dream. In not that a dream? And then it, there was a blueprint. But in a blueprint, it said that there was a certain bay window that it must be fixed there. Then this person said, I'm a constructor. I'm a builder. And this bay window shouldn't be put on there. So he put it on the uh, the other windows that's in there. And then the one owner come back. He said, take it down to the ground because I want that bay window to put it there. And then Abraham said to his friend, He said, The river, the water is just beside here. The river is not far. What hinders you? You see, everything that when God said He give you the blueprint, You must do this accordingly. The Man's idea is not your blueprint. In another word, It is not an absolute. The absolute is what God has revealed in this hour. Spurgeon has his time. Wesley has his time. All these great men of God has their time but we have our time. We're not living in old, we're living right now. And then that's why those things need to be teared down before this absolute can take it into fact. And we're talking about in this age, there's many absolutes. And in the school, they tell you the school education is an absolute you must have. Without that education, you cannot even find a job. Which in a certain point, that is the true. You must have the secondary. Otherwise, you're not going to uh, uh, find a good job. Which is the true. But it's not an absolute. Can I emphasize it again? It is true, but it's not the absolute. The absolute is in God. Your future hinged on Him. Your job is uh, hinged on Him. Your future, everything is uh, hinged on Him. Do all the education that you can do if it's not hinder you. Do everything that you need to be do that in this life, but don't take those things for your absolute. Amen. We're emphasizing about those things. The devil is the prince of this, uh, this, uh, this age. And it's not because that we don't want you to, uh, you know, find a good job or go get your education and do this and then do that. But always that God has the last word that is in your life. Those things is not your absolute. Those things might be help you, benefit you, help you along the along your journey that on this earth, but they're not your absolute. Your family is not your absolute. Your children is not your absolute. Your emotion tie is not your absolute. Even the minister is not your absolute. Your absolute is a Christ, the Word, in this hour, make reality to you. That the life of the Word that is living in you, so that you can live the life of a Christ. You need to listen to the minister because they bring you to the absolute. But they are not the absolute. The Christ who vindicated the truth is your absolute. Your understanding is not your absolute. No matter how reasonable that sounds, no matter how seems like it is uh, just sensible, but the word, the word of God is always the absolute. Let Christ be your last word to say. When you find it in the absolute, that you won't be wavering. You won't be shaking back and, back and forth. The reason that people, they're tossed back and forth, up and down, is because they haven't, they haven't been convinced by the absolute yet? yes. Brother Bremer said, in an absolute... He said, that's your ultimate. That's the last word. You still have some time? Brother Tim always said, uh, what is that? uh, As long as you pull, I'll preach. After Brother Dioka, I want to change that. As long as I preach, you pull. He said, that's your ultimate. That's the last word. And then if he's the word, then this must be the last word. This must have settled it. Whatever that says, that's the scarlet thread. That is the Christ. And anything contrary to that, I know nothing about. it. Last word. He has the last word. Yes. I'll tell you a story. One time... Uh, I was um, brother Tim Pruitt, that uh, went to China. And um, so I, I was the translator for brother Tim. And that's the first time brother Tim, brother John was there, uh, and then uh, uh, we have a wonderful time. And brother Tim at one time he asked me, "Is that a brother Murphy?" You know what? I sure don't want to see anything that's a contrary uh, to uh, what what you all believe. And I said I believe exactly the same as you believe, brother Tim. He said, I, I, I wish I just don't see anything that is wrong. You know, I just, just want him to relax. But I said, Brother Tim, don't worry about it. I told him, I'm your translator. He looked at me. He said, yeah. I told him, I have the last word. I said, even if you say anything wrong, I'll fix it up for you. Don't worry about it. Of course, he won't say anything wrong. I have the last word. But you know who has the last word in your life? Christ has the last word in your life. When you're seeking for a future, you plan, you organize, you do everything, do research, everything that you do. But always remember, always remind yourself that Him has the last word. You're choosing for a companion. No matter how beautiful she is, how handsome that he is, how wonderful he is, how lovely, how you plan your future, you dream your future, imagine your future, everything. At the back of your mind, always remember, Lord, I want you to have the last word. In a certain situation, when a doctor coming to you said, I give you the last word, you won't go through this. This is your last time. Make up your plan. Make up your will and everything. Always remember, Lord, they are not my absolute. You have the last word. I give you the last word. Lord, if your last word said this is my end, Lord, I happily go to my journey because this is only a stepping ladder for me to go to glory. But before I hear the last word, I'm going to take the promise of God that healing is my last word. And then Abraham said, don't try to do it. Don't try to figure it out. When you have the last word, when you have the absolute, don't try to figure that out. Don't try to make your absolute become sensible. Absolute doesn't make things sensible. Absolute doesn't sound reasonable. Absolute is when God approved or vindicated this is the truth, then I'm gonna hinge my soul on it. That is what the last, that is what the absolute to do. When you're convinced, nothing gonna shake you off of that. God is a past figuring out. You don't figure God out, you just believe God. That's the secret. What is the secret? The secret, don't try to pull this quote, pull that quote together, make it as more reasonable. The secret is, uh, Lord, you have approved. Amen. Whatever you said, that will be my last word. Amen. Remember, sometime, you, maybe you're thinking, oh, Lord, I might be going to the extreme, you never go to the extreme. If you think this is the word of God, if God only make that portion of the word revealed to you to be the truth, though your feeling doesn't feel it, your emotion doesn't say anything, doesn't uh, doesn't say anything about it, but because the word of God has said He revealed that to you, you go to do it. Maybe to other person it sounds extreme, some to this person to go off the cliff, but it will never go off the cliff. You just do according to what God has made real to you. You're thinking about it. One hour, pastor, was sitting under the office there, and in the Toronto there, looking at the outside, thinking into the mind. Said, "I, must be gone crazy." But there's a calling here to other people that might think that i unsensible. But to him, that is an absolute. When he do it according to what is absolute to do 30, 40 years ago, look at what is it now today. Many things that when you take a hold of or the absolute to other people is absolutely insane. But you know this according to what is the message of this hour has said to you. Everything you can back yourself back to that. But Abraham said, He said, don't figure it out, just believe it. That is the secret. Do you know that uh, our mind is very limited? Can we agree with on that? And it seems that a more educated a person their mind is, is more limited than anybody else. Because they're, they're, they're... Well, anyway. So don't let our mind try to figure things out. Your mind will only drive you crazy. You need to focus on this. You need to focus on what is the God of Word has said. I can't tell you what it means. I can't tell you how to do it. I just know. I just believe it. That's all. But Abraham said, don't figure that out. You can't. You lose your mind trying to figure it out. Just believe it. Make Him your absolute. Stay there. The sweet peace and experience that you will never forget. Anchor to that. And your anchor will hold within the veil. Don't run around. When you have the absolute, that the absolute as an anchor to take a hold. And people have lots of absolute in this age, and many of them are wrong absolute, and they only find out at the end of the road, then it's too late. But I'm talking about it in the Hitler's time. Hitler. Is there absolute? And in the Pharaoh's time, Pharaoh are absolute. But those are wrong absolute. All those absolutes are temporarily, and they might be rising to the power. They might be doing things that seems like a king or an emperor. Nobody can say no, or nobody, if they say yes, nobody can say no. It seems like they are absolute, but that absolute always comes to an end. You must be sure that what we hold it as an absolute, that must be the true absolute. You know, there's a, in this age that we're living, that many people said that they possess the absolute. And some people, they said that what doctors said is the an absolute. And then they said that, oh, this person got a cancer. Uh, he absolutely has no hope. And how many cancer cases that we have, that here, they said it's absolute and there's no hope, but God totally delivered them. Amen. Sister Beth Dingwall, I don't know if she's here or not, and she got the leukemia, the worst type of a leukemia. It seems there's no cure, but she's still here. Amen. Why? Cancer is not an absolute, but a healing towards the word the faith to the word of God to bring the healing, that is an absolute absolute. And for example, like Sister Francine. And they said that she got this and she got that. But she's still with us. And actually I'm going to her house to enjoy some pongdu and fufu tonight. Why? Sickness is not an absolute. Faith to the word of God to bring healing, that is the absolute. That is the black and white and the roots of the Bible. And the brother Peter. And that's another absolute. The doctor said, you did this, you have that. Then he's still with us. What is the absolute? The healing from God. And that is the absolute. My father got a sickness and got a syndrome. Then he said a one in the, not a one in the million, almost a one in the billion. And to have that type of a disease. The doctor says there's no hope. We don't know even how to treat this disease. And then they phoned, and I went for, we, and we prayed with my wife on the phone for my dad. That's about 15, 16 years ago. And then we prayed, and then it's just simple little prayer. It's not something big, it's not something I stomped my feet or shouting or screaming. To be honest, I don't even know how to shout then. I just came into the message. But it's just by the simple faith to the simple gospel. I said, the Lord, your word has said, and to lay hands on the second order, I cannot even lay hands on the phone. But Lord, I let that a spiritual faith that I have a lay hands on my dad? He doesn't even know what Christ means. But Lord, you save his life. Because the Lord of your word has said, believe on Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. He's not saved yet. How can you take him away? You couldn't take him away. And I said, Lord, you healed him. And then I bought a take it one week later. Second day when I visited Beijing in the hospital before I went to the hospital. Then he came out of the hospital. It's a perfectly fine. Even the doctor cannot figure that out. Why cannot figure that out? Because the God cannot be figured out. We are the steward of the absolute. The sickness is not an absolute. But a healing is the absolute. And we're the steward of possess of it. And then I think about it. My mom. I shared this before. Let me share it again. In case you didn't hear it the first time. Then if she was a stumbled. And then if she got a sprain under her ankle. Or her, her leg. And if she cannot even walk. She cannot even put her feet on the floor. On the ground. And she was so painful, and she asked her, she asked the Lord, Lord, let my son call me. But then she said, all of a sudden she realized, why ask my son to call me? She said, Lord, I'm not just a novice. This time I want to make it right. I am an old hand. She said, I'm not a novice, I'm an old hand. So Lord, I can pray. And she laid down she said, Pray. She said, Lord, just rebuke this Satan. And then time after time, he tried to bother me. And after she prayed, she standing up out of the bed and pushed away the chair because she has to with the chair and a stake, tried to walk and it thrown away to wake and then it put her foot on the floor as soon as the sole of her foot touched the ground and the pen instantly left her her. What is that? Sickness is not absolute. Amen. But a healing of God is absolute. Amen. Depression is not an absolute. If God can heal body, God can heal mental too. If God can deliver me from the physical problem, God can deliver me from the depression too. If God can deliver her, God can deliver him, God can deliver you. Those things is not an absolute. The doctor said there's no hope. The doctor said you have to go through this, you have to go through that. You don't have to go through that. This age gives people so much excuse. So that they can baby themselves, this age is giving them so much excuse that they can pat them on themselves, say, "Oh, you're okay, you're fine. That's the Satan. That's the devil to doing that. And the devil can give the people an excuse. They said, "You were born that way. You're not born that way. You're born normally." And then a man become a more feminine, and a woman become a more masculine. That is a sin, perverted them to be that way. It's not that they're absolutely born that way. It's the perversion of this world has perverted them to be that way. You have a choice. You can choose to be right or to be wrong. But this world tried to pat you on the back, said this is okay. You don't need to give yourself an excuse. Those things is not absolute. God can change you, transform you. That is the absolute. That the world and makes out to become a more instead of that become an innocent, the homosexuality and the different things, and to try to invade into the people's alive, even in the church and the things. You better, I never do that. But when you start to compromise, become a softer on those things, not only that on everything that is in our life, if it's not according to the word of God, a hundred percent, that is to become a softer, that becomes an excuse. And then a movie, and then the novels, and then the books, and to try to make those things become a desirable. Gonna make those things become a innocent. Become a romantic story. That is a Satan in the core. Amen. And then the devil tried to say to you, oh you're born that way, that is fine. And you're depressed, or you're melancholy, and then it becomes even a beauty. That is a not a beauty. That is a Satan trying to bring that person to hell. And then the people in their melancholy, depressed and sad, then they try to find some joy. And try to cheer them up. Those things will never cheer you up. Your movie will never cheer you up. And your YouTube will never cheer you up. No matter how many pictures you post on Instagram, it will never hide your emptiness that is in your heart. It will never hide your, you try to, that pride that in your heart. We don't need those things to do. The minister says, the ministers. The time after time, time after time, you can choose what you today, what you want to have. Your joy is not coming how many followers that you have. Your joy is not coming how many subscribers that you have. Your joy is not how many messages that people send to you, how they enjoy a picture this and that. That don't bring the joy. Joy is in the Lord. Amen. In Philippians 4.4, 4, it said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. It's not that you try, your joy doesn't come from those things. Your joy only coming from a one. That is in enjoy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. It's a command. It's an absolute a command. Said so to rejoice in the Lord. Wow. Joy in the Lord is not a joy in other things. It's not joy in an Instagram and in different things. And try to find it. those things that doesn't bring joy joy is in the Lord the Lord is the Christ the Christ is the word the word is the word in this hour revealed you become a steward of it that brings joy when I come to the church it brings joy to me when I'm reading the message it brings joy to me because I find myself in there I find my deliverance in there I find my healings in there when I come to the church, I listen to the word. I know my sickness has a cure in that. When I come to the church, I listen to the ministry. That was the preaching. I know my burden had a place that can be released. That brings me to joy. And that brings you to joy. When you come to the church, when you come to hearing the word, no matter is it in the voice, in the home... Or you come to the church, you hear a minister was a ministry. That is your opportunity that you can have a joy. That is opportunity that you can rejoice. Amen. To rejoice in the church by hearing the word of a God is not something that's a hypocrisy. Amen. It's not something that you're doing. You said, oh, I go home. I stumbled. That was nothing to do with it. This is the time God reflected himself in you. This is the time when the word was a preaching. It was a speaking to your soul. You know, on your outside, you might be sad and or despaired or, or, or different things. The emotional realm is going battling. But in my soul, I'm hearing the word. And in my soul, I said, Lord, I believe your word. And that faith started to go to my mind. said, drop that reasoning. Drop that imagination. Drop that all those uh, filthy things. And then my mind is starting to clear it up. And then my mind is turning my hand. And I commend you. Race up to praise to the Lord. Yeah. How do I know. That a Christ. Is right now on me. How do I know. I possess. The absolute. What we coming church for? We coming church, we need to know if a Christ is here. We coming to church individually, he or she need to know if Christ is on me. Is Christ cared about me? Is Christ care about my situation? Is Christ still the healer? I know He's a healer, but is He a healer to me? I know He's a deliverer, but is He a deliverer to me? Is that an individual affair that we should have? That's what we come in church for. When we come in church, we want to find out, Lord, I might find favor that before you. Isn't that what we come in church to hear the word for that? Brother said, in the light your life, it's so shining before man. He said, yes, I think we need Christ. Yes, sir. Only way we see Christ is when He reflects in each other. I see Christ in you, and you see Him in me. Amen. That's how we watch Christ. He said, I come to the meeting. He said, I started preaching. He said, I watch the people. You can see whether they're interested or not. Just a few minutes. You know, it's your choice to get what you need to get when you come to hear the Word. I can't force that down through your throat. You have to become a steward of what is the Word has to preached to you. Let me wrap it up over here. I'm said in the same message, and on the next paragraph, he said, And the first thing you know, you see them sitting there, hanging on to every word, under expectation. Only when you're under expectation, then you are hanging on to every word. He said, See? He said, Then I see, I'm seeing Christ. Reflected in that person. Let me read it again. He said, The first thing you know, you see them sitting there, hanging on to every word on, under expectation. He says, Then I'm seeing Christ reflected in that person. How see Christ reflected in that person? How do I know that Christ is in a certain person? It's by the hanging on every word under expectation. And then you see Christ is on that person. He said, because he's hungry and thirsting for God. I don't know if you're hungry or thirsting for God. But when you hang on every word under expectation, then I know this person. Hanging on every word. This person is hungry and desiring for the Lord and thirsty about God. He said, and then he said, and me preaching the gospel, he sees the Christ reflected in me. I see Christ reflected in him. That means Christ is in our midst then. And many times we saw, Brother Branham in a message. He said, did you saw the light? He said, did you saw the light? It was on, the, on that person's head. He said, did you saw the, per- the light? is on the balcony. It's in that person. He said, don't miss it. He said, take a hold of it. He said, oh, that person missed it. He saw the light. is on the different person. The pillar of fire going from the pulpit and go to that person, going to that person. And I will say, that light is the same today. That pillar of fire is the same today. I'm not a prophet. You're not a prophet. We cannot see where the light is. But when I see the person hang on every word under expectation, that is the Christ reflected in that person. I might not see the light. You might not see the light. But when the when that person was hanging on the word of God and believe every word of God, that is that, that light is going through that person right now. That's how we know if Christ is on you, when you are hungry and thirsty for every word of God. When the word of a God was to speak, when the word of a God was to preach, no matter what format that is in, that is in your heart, you hang on to every word. You know what did that? Christ, the light, is hanging on you. To make you desire the word to make you hungry and thirsty about the word of a God that same pillar of fire the house of Minnesota years ago in the ministry in a brother in a congregation and to try to make the people to believe that it's the same Christ that is right now in this church in every time when we come before the church, come before them to hear the word, then the word was the preaching that behind the pulpit, and then when you hang on to it, that's Christ is on you right then. But Abraham said that they're ready right then to receive something. He said that that's Christ. I see Christ. Christ to reflect in thy person. And Brother ben said I watch the audience how they take it. Say something another, watch what effect it takes on them. Watch their face light it up full of joy they're ready then to receive something. He said that's Christ. I see Christ to reflect in. Reflecting in that person because of the gospel. The simple gospel of Christ is taking a hold in that heart because they are hungry, hungering, and thirsting. That's why when you come to to the church, are you hungry and thirsty for God? When you hang on every word under expectation, that's then Christ is on you. And then what you do? You can ask whatever that you needed for Him. Amen. When you thirst and hungry for Him, and then when He come on you, it's a Christ said, you can ask me anything right. at this moment. Right. And then at the same time, the Satan said, well, what about, what about this? And what about that? You know, you're at home, you do this, you're at outside, outside. In the church, it seems like you're a pious. But when you get out of home, you're doing this and you're doing that. I want to ask what is in your heart. I'm not asking what on the outside of, in your body. I'm asking what is in your heart. Do you know it's very easy to pick it up? uh, Who's hanging on the word who's not? Maybe one day I'll let you come behind the pulpit. Then you will say exactly what I mean. Who's hanging on the word? Who's not? To them that hang on the word, you know why you hang on the word? Because you're thirsty hungry. You know why you're thirsty hungry? Because God has something to give it to you. If a person is not hungry, you can't shovel down. That's what the said. If you're not a person hungry, you can't force them to eat. It must be something that is in there already. Then you come with expectation, Lord, reveal Yourself to me. A little closer walk with You. Lord, I have a need in my life. I have a need in my family. I have a, I have a burden that in my heart. Lord, I need the Word to release that burden to me. I need that Word to speak to me. You know who done that? It's Christ Himself doing that to you. Otherwise, you wouldn't even have a desire. But when you have that desire that God Himself and made him a reality to you, He wants ever more to give it to you. Then <laughs> Brother Brahma said be oh, sorry, then the Bible said the Philippines 4 6 it said be careful for nothing. You know, the devil always said when you come to the church, you raise up your hand, the devil said, Hey, be careful. Today you, you, you lift up your hand, you go going home, you do this, you do that. He said, be careful. You know what Paul said? Be careful for nothing. This is the time that I'm hearing the word, my soul responding. This is the time I'm coming to the house of God. I'm going to be delivered. I hear the word. I'm under expectation. That desire coming from God. That hunger is coming from God. This is the time I rejoice in the Lord always. And the devil said, be careful, push his hand away, said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You said, I want my request to be known unto God. Yes, you have a right to do that, but there is a precondition. You said, Lord, I have this request, I have that request. You have a condition. It's everything by prayer. You come prayerfully. Lord, you know prayer is a worship. You know prayer is not just, Lord, I do this. I do. Prayer is a worship. Actually, prayer is coming from the root word, worship. You know prayer is a worship. You come in before the Lord. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for what? Because you said you are a healer. Lord, with this prayer for heart, I come before you. I'm coming to worship you, Lord. Lord, I know I have a need, but I know you're the need to meet her. You will meet all my need, and you will release my burden. Every situation, you will resolve that. Then, with supplication, earnest, you come before the Lord. Lord, I know only you can do this. Nobody else can do that. I've been to this. I've been to that. But none of them can help me. But you are my absolute. And with thanksgiving. After you're done. You go home. Say Lord. This is totally finished. Be careful for nothing. Let your requests be known to God. He said and the peace of God. Which passes all understanding. Let a musician come shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He will bring you the peace when you made Him as your absolute. And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. God is not a garbage. And you, you don't want to be at a garbage can either. You want to hear that the right thing, the things that are good report, the things that are pure, the things that are holy, and it's lovely. I remember our pastor said it before. You know, some people there say things, but it's not honest. Something that some people have said things, but it's not pure. Something that was, they said, it's, it's not just, it's not a lovely. All we need to do, we need to think on those things. And you wonder why our mind was so jammed by all the different things. Because you didn't think on those things. You let all the rest of the things that started coming in and coming in. You have to choose what you're listening to. You have the truth of what you are watching. And you have the truth what are you thinking. Amen. And when we come in this age, the devil tried to see many things. And he said, you know, this is absolutely this, and it's absolutely that. We don't need any absolute. Right. We only have a one absolute. True. That is the God who revealed the word to us. All the others... Is not absolute. It might be true, it might be you have to do this and that, but it's not the absolute. And the last, I just uh, want to share one more thing. You know, coming to this age, many things have happened we tend to think it only belongs to this age, but it's actually not. We tend to think that the depression and the suicide. And it as an exclusive characteristics that are only reserved for the young people in this hour. It's not. It's been there a long, long time. It's the same devil. And the, and the things that you're thinking, you know, we're thinking, oh, you know, only I'm going through this. Nobody knows what I'm going through. These things has happened many, many times ago. Many, many years ago. And they were thinking, only our young people, they have to go through this, you know, they, they have to do... No, no, that, 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 that's wrong. I go through that too. Yeah, yeah. You think only you go through depression? I go through that too. You think you, you, you come to the point that the pressure was so much you want to commit a suicide? I have that too. It's not only reserved for our young people in this hour. And you can apply that to anything that in your life. I remember when I first received the message... And then I, 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 know this is the truth, but I just can't do it. And I try to run from it. I left it at the church. I go back to China. And then I, I try to say, I'm not going to the coming back. And when you're fighting, fighting, and then you become a, the pressure becomes so much. And you come to the point, you're almost a crumbling. You're almost a collapse. And I remember one day, I went up to, a, my apartment in China there. And I don't want to up and I try to jump off the building. I said I'm not going to. I can't handle this anymore. You know why? Because the Bible said the way of the transgressor is hard. When you try to run, when you try to escape, you said I can't do this. I do I I can't but there is a predestined seed in you. In your mind, am I telling one thing? In your imagination everything, am I telling one thing? But in your soul, it was telling something else. And I come into a point, and I come out of the building, I try to jump off. I try to end it. But you know, if you're the predestined in no matter how far you try to run, God will have got a hold of you. and Something just pulled me back, and it wouldn't let me do it. And then I come down and I open up my Bible. I didn't, I can't even read the word. I can't even read nothing. And I said to the Lord, I know I said it foolishly. I said, Lord, I give you six months of time. I said, if, if this is not true, I said, I'm, I'm not going to believe. it. I'm, I'm going to go. So Lord, I give you six months of time. I said, Lord, you prove to me if this is the truth or not. And I bought myself a ticket and I'm coming back and that's in 1998, January. I come home, I ran a place in Cloverdale, right in where Brother Milko and Brother Ellen King, were the lived. I ran a place, I shut myself in, I ordered all the message book that I have, I altered all the tape that I had, and now I start to listen. I start to read, and at the same time, the battle would just become more ferocious than ever. But you see, when you gave a chance to the Word of a God, though those a mystery, but then that mystery start to revealing to you. Right. When you're hungry and thirsty for God, and then Christ start to reflect in it in you. And then I come into the church. I'm listening to the the preaching. I come to the altar. Time after time. He doesn't met me this time. Lord, I believe you will met me in a second time. That second time. The third time. The time after time. And you know, one day, God met me. And all of the rest become a history. And my life started changing. And my life started transforming. And that's 20 some years ago. Young people... You need to do the same thing. Do you know when in the rapture, God doesn't ask you, who's your mom, who's your dad? God doesn't even ask you, who's your pastor? God doesn't ask you, who's the minister? What do you preach? He doesn't doesn't ask all of that. He wants to see that token. He wants to see that bleeding, bloody word that you receive. He wants to see that absolute that you have. He wants to see that absolute experience that you have. It's not just something else, but something transformed you. Something totally changed you. Change what? Change your nature. Change the things that you like. Change the things that you don't like. Change your desire. Change your hunger. Change everything. What to prove you have a Christ or not. When you have the unquenchable thirst and the hungry. To God's word. To God himself. That is the stand.